Welcome to Startup Confidential. What industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 107. Is the bad funding environment necessarily a bad thing? There are a lot of founders, folks, who should just not be founders. They don't know how to raise money, put together a financial plan, manage cash, manage people, take calculated risks, the list goes on and on. The worst, in my opinion, is to be uncoachable and totally inexperienced. Oh, that's also the definition of a hobbyist. And they really are fine with mediocrity because the entire point of being a hobbyist is to just enjoy your own self-expression. I think that newer founders don't appreciate much just how oversupplied consumer packaged goods is with brands and with early stage brands, with brands doing basically the same fucking thing. One virtue of liquid death, folks, is that the founder understood that the product was not innovative at all, really. Uh, maybe the packaging. And only the packaging in the context of water. What his category was not oversupplied with was highly memorable in your face, shock jockish brand identities and marketing. It was dull. He found the biggest zone of dullness. And Mike Cesario knows exactly how oversupplied the grocery store is, which is why he hit such a big mallet with his advertising to get attention right off the bat. Now, the other thing that Liquid Death exposes is that self-funded launches and early ramps are critical to success. Starting with your own three mil, not a bad idea. Now, you don't always need that much to start, but when your minimum order quantity is massive like his was, and like most beverage companies encounter, then you probably do. <laughs> Look, I know companies that use home equity and credit cards to get started in CPG. It can work, I don't advise this, but it can work if you're really smart and careful and you're only focused on very baby steps sort of local distribution. But I guarantee you that the journey to scale, the way I talk about it in Ramping Your Brand, is going to be twice as long, if not three times as long, as it would have been had you had, you know, two, three million to start with. This whole scenario, though, for artisans is actually totally fine. They'll be happy with it. To most of them, scale, the way I talk about it in my book, is that's like an afterthought, a nice to have. They'd be perfectly fine with a $10 million business growing geometrically, even if it takes them 10 years to get there. Tight funding that we're seeing in 2023, it doesn't have any effect on the artisan end of the early stage world. Because, you know, they're not 16 years old trying to drive a Ferrari after two hours in mom's sedan. They're not fucking stupid. Hey, listeners. Exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. You need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com courses. And now, back to the episode. The tight funding environment today is actually discouraging the worst of the worst people. And that is what makes me happy because I think this is good for the entire ecosystem. I'm talking about founders who intend to rely on institutional money really early on so they can shove some product out, buy some growth, buy distribution, and who don't give a shit about the consumer at all. They don't care about humans. Now, you might argue liquid death was exactly this. But remember... 
The founder tested his ability to generate pre-orders from real humans with his original slasher cartoon content. He waited until consumers responded to his ads before he hit go. So not quite that arrogant. And, you know, the problem with oversaturating and overfunding really tiny early stage companies is that there is an ocean of greedy shitheads out there waiting to monetize the greed of said founders. They just find each other magically. <laughs> Agencies of all kinds, brokers, creeps, rich creeps, rich creepy brokers. Um, <laughs> they all love to work with brands intoxicated with drunken sailor money. Trust me, they never say no. Yet all these overfunded, overhyped brands do is drive up the cost of everything. Crowd out competent, underfunded operators from the shelves. It's basically a form of go-to-market bullying. I can't stand these businesses or the fucking people who operate them. I pray for them to go bankrupt every morning because they disrespect everything about the consumer at the end of the day. They make me want to puke. Strong businesses, I believe, should get funded. But you see, in CPG, defining or certifying a business as strong is pretty hard to do on the basis of a million bucks in trailing sales. I'm sorry. There's no predictive data set that takes you from some goofy VC list of $1 million watch brands to the 10% of those that might actually scale in some shape or form. And the reason you can't do that, and no one has ever been able to do that, and they're all full of shit when they claim that they can, is the, the human factor of the operating team. Oops! Throwing 20 mil at total fucking amateurs not only invites micromanaging investors, just the worst dipshits. More likely to push these people into stupid risk-taking, but it also threatens to distort reality for the founders themselves, who I'm gonna go out on a limb and say just have no idea how to avoid the temptation of that kind of cash pile. And underestimating your ability to be sitting on years of runway that allows you to mismanage the business for years with impunity is a huge source of problems for amateurs that somehow get access to that kind of money. Only a very mature set of founders can sit on 20 mil and not blow it all in two years chasing this or that illusory path around go on the Monopoly board. So I really hope that venture capital just exits CPG for good. I doubt this will actually happen, except maybe outside of food, you know, with respect to food, because those stupid ass investments have become so obviously dumb. And it's so obvious that the model doesn't work unless you have a truly crack professional team, you know, like at Once Upon a Farm, you know, the one in a thousand operating teams. It ain't going to work with your negative EBITDA food startup. Instead, without these people and without this money invading the space, founders will need to network for angel cash. They'll get less of it, but by getting less of it, they'll actually have to remain focused and disciplined. And yes, fewer people will get to play Monopoly. But you know what? Fewer better businesses actually improves the entire ecosystem for everybody. That is my annoying opinion. That's all I got, folks. Remember, be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.